Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today I have Christmas Abbott from Big Brother 19, and she was also just on Big Brother 22 All-Stars. But not only that, she is a CrossFit Games athlete. She was the first female NASCAR pit crew. She's a national selling, best-selling author, and she is a fitness app creator. I don't know what she hasn't done, but I'm so excited to talk to her. So, hi Christmas, how are you? Hi, I'm good. I haven't taken a day off in a while. <laughs> That's maybe, what I haven't maybe done. Maybe this weekend. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. <laughs> How have you been? How's um being back home? Oh, man. You know, coming out of the Big Brother house the second time is just as exhausting as the first time, but at least now I know how to navigate it a little bit better. So it's been good being home. I've just I blocked off a lot of time for my family and have been, you know, just focusing on reconnecting with them and not like getting back into the crazy work schedule that we are so prone to do coming out of any sort of event. So I've been trying to take it easy as much as I possibly can. And I'm sure it's a lot of fun being back with your little cutie. Oh my gosh. He's the best. We have the best time. Yeah. I really love, I love my time with him is the most protected and my favorite part of the day. Oh, I'm sure. I couldn't imagine. I can't wait to have kids one day Not for <laughs> a few years, but eventually. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're worth it. They're just wonderfully wild. <laughs> Tell us about him if you want to. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So he's like both me and his father are big personalities. So he's got, he is so fiercely independent. And what I like to call is like emotionally independent, not like Lloyd. So if somebody's having a hard time, he'll go and like try and help them. But at the same time, he's like, cool. I'm not going to let your feelings affect mine, which is incredible. Right. So he's like, okay, okay I'm over here. I know you're crying and you're sad and here's some things to help, but I'm still going to go have a good time. And it's just, it's incredible to watch these little humans develop because, you know, there are genetics, but they really do have their own ideas mm -hmm. and their own ways to approach stuff. And I just love to sit back and watch him learn through play and exploration. And I'm there to kind of make sure he's safe and guide him a little bit. But that, that like, let me just figure this out, mom, leave me alone. Attitude is him all the way. He is, he is fierce, but also so kind and gentle. And I love it. <laughs> and he's only two. He's two. You know, I swear, like they come out more mature than babies used to. Like kids nowadays, it's just the craziest thing. I think that we just, you know, as parents, I'm really big into child psychological development. And as parents, we try to instill what we, how we want them to learn and how we want them to do things and what we think not necessarily his best, but like the right way to do it. And I've learned that if I show him a few things or like I show him what I'm doing and then I'm like, okay, you do it. He'll do it, but then he does it his own way. And that for me as a parent, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to be giving him the um, space to explore and to be confident and to be safe, to figure out if that's the way that he wants to do it. And if he does it another way, then it's not wrong. Right. And it's, man, it's teaching me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're never too young or never, too, never too late to learn. Nope. Especially when you have a little, I mean, like I'm learning just as much as he is and it's incredible. That's so cool. Like, I just love that. I took, um, 
human development family service classes in college. I like that sounds exactly what I want to do. I want to learn about, you know, (laughs) Um, like I was a communications major, but I like we had to take like electives or certain type of classes Mm -hmm. and like some were psych, but then it was also this child development. I thought that would be so cool to learn about the family and like, and I learned a lot too, like in that time, like that I had no idea. And it correlates with personal development and personal growth, you know, and And that's something that I've been, I mean, since I got pregnant, I started looking into early childhood development and it's wild how much happens within the first two years. That's one out of their control, but two directly creates like this trust and understanding of their world and people in their world. And, you know, as adults they are like, well, I have trust issues, but I don't know why. Well, there was something consistently going on yeah. from zero to two ish between you and your parents that broke that tw- trust. And I mean, it just, it's kind of crazy that we really aren't, we're like a combination of genetics and our environment, but also it's out of our control. It's it really is like a nature and nurture type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's not one or the other. No, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was like, I guess we can start like, kind of like, what was life like before you were on Big Brother and before you had this little cutie? (laughs) Okay. So my life, I'm a workaholic. I love what I do. I love, I'm like, I'm super passionate about it. I discovered fitness when I was working in Iraq as a contractor. And, you know, before that I had been smoking and drinking and doing like all the things that you shouldn't be doing. And I was really young. So I was 22 when I first started working out and that was like, that changed my life completely. And I didn't intend on making a career out of it, but you know, when you stick it, you stick with something that you love so much and you're so consumed by it, it actually just starts working for you eventually. Mm And so I was doing anything and everything in that field. Like I was traveling every weekend, teaching seminars for the book. I was traveling every weekend teaching, um, you know, just, I love to teach because I love to learn. And I was literally traveling almost 50% of the time. And I just, as much as I was like promoting and living this, you know, self love healing Mm -hmm. lifestyle, because I loved it so much. I ended up starting to really deteriorate my own mental health because I wasn't taking time. I didn't know how to shift out of fifth gear. Yeah. You know, cause I was like, well, I love it. So I'm going to do it all of it all the time. And that, that started to erode and like, it wasn't that I was, um, you know, I didn't have like poor self-esteem. I built my self-esteem and built my self-worth and, you know, like really healed that. But then it was at a point of like too much. Yeah. You know, over, you know, too much of a good thing. Is it not a good thing? Right. And, and so when I went on big brother the first time, that's when I was like, okay, this is the next thing. This is what I want to, I was going as a competitor and I Mm -hmm. love competing (laughs) and that competitor also drives your ego and the ego and me was just like, go do everything. And, um, that's when I broke my foot. And that's when like my whole life really shifted on taking a minute and doing less so I can do more for myself. Right. And that was pretty significant. So before Big Brother, I loved it. And like, I did everything that I was teaching. I just was also trying to do it all at once. And I couldn't. 
No, I, I can see that. That like gets you so tired out because you as much as you want to help others, it's like you have to help yourself too. First. Yeah. Like I always say this, and I think I've said this actually in a couple of these podcasts before, but it's like an airplane. They say you have to put your mask on before you can put someone else's, like the breathing. And it's, yeah. it seems selfish, but it's not because you can't, how can you help someone if you're not there? I think that people also kind of misinterpret that a little bit in the sense of, you know, if I have a work day and I'm working 12 hours a day and I'm feeling all of those moments or those minutes, minutes mm-hmm. are different than moments, right? All of those minutes with tasks and I feel guilty for telling you no, because I have to do my work first. That is kind of what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, just because I have 12 hours in my day to do work doesn't mean that I'm going to do like, I'm, I'm not as my best self working for those entire 12 hours. And so i do this thing now where I block my time. I take, you know, even for this interview, I was like, okay, on Thursdays at, from 11 to, from 11 to one, those are my, those are the hours that I will do interviews. Cause I know that like my work is done for the week before. And I know that I can be present and I'm not rushed and I can literally do the work. And I'm finding that if I think that it's going to take me half an hour, I literally schedule an hour and a half to two hours. I'm like, look, life happens. I don't want to be rushed. I want to actually go through the process. And we are so fixated on the end result that we rush the process. Even when we're like, well, I know what to do. I know what to do. Well, maybe there's another way to figure it out. Like my son shows me, you know, so let me take the time to see if this actually is not necessarily the best way, but the best for me and serving me the most. So I just really, I take my time a lot more and it's, it feels good because I'm putting on my mask. I'm checking to make sure it's tightened. I'm putting it on right, <laughs> tightened, breathing versus just ripping it down and putting it on my face. And as I rip it down, I actually tear it out of the wall because I'm rushing the process. So there's a better example for you. Take your time. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've learned too. Cause like in the last four years, I was in a bad car accident four years ago, had a mild traumatic brain injury and I'm in chronic pain now because of it. Oh my gosh. Two months after I graduated from college. And this is why like all this started, like my with level X of brand is because I want to help people learn to advocate for themselves and take that time. I agree with you 100%. I'm so sorry that you had to experience that, but it looks like it's like really opening up a different path for you. And yeah, we have to be open to those, those changes. So funny thing is, is that like a car accident put me on a bad path and then going to Iraq as a contractor put me back on path, like back on my, my, yeah. my good self. But, um, do you use, I mean, I, I guess you've used a whole bunch of things, but CBD is my savior for my, my pain and anxiety actually. I'm like learning with it. Um, I haven't used it as much, but I'm going to start trying. I have sinus surgery, so I can't really do any of that right now. But like they said, I'm not supposed to do like edibles or anything, I guess, right now. I'm sure that I use underneath my tongue. And I, yeah, it's incredible. And just for me, um, so like I, like I mentioned before, I had postpartum depression and I had a lot of anxiety and I had a lot of pain and inflammation in my foot. So like I was dealing with my foot, yeah. pregnancy, I would gain 60 pounds. Like my body was pissed. 
And then, you know, just having bouts of anxiety for a couple of different reasons, my postpartum depression, Yeah. when I'm taking CBD oil regularly, uh, I, I absolutely feel a significant change. It's, it's an incredible product for me. Um, and the way that it works is it builds in your system. So the more consistent you are with it and it's not edibles, I use a tincture or, um, isolate and, and it's not, I mean, people are like, you're using CBD, you're getting high with a child. No, I'm not getting high with a child. (laughs) (laughs) Do some research people. (laughs) Um, No, I, I did try it for a little while, but I think I just, if I tried it more consistently, I think it would probably help. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I would do it and then I like, wouldn't really feel any different for a while. And then I was just like, I get frustrated easily from like, yeah, I'm not patient anymore. So that's, I think the problem, but yeah, well, that's a learned behavior. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you for sure. Um, but yeah, so it's been, it's been rough, but like, I'm, I always say I got actually like thankful for it in a way, like not a pain, but it changed my life and made me such a stronger human being. Mm-hmm. And I've made all these connections and I've helped so many people from what I've done that I think it's like a blessing in disguise, even though I don't want to be in pain, but I mean, I guess I'll just deal with the pain if I can help others. Well, I mean, I, it's unfortunate that you are in chronic pain, but it's also kind of a, a reminder of your journey yeah, and what you're doing for others in really just like, I, I pray uh, that that pain sub, um, reduces over, over this faster time, like, you know, sooner than later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is kind of incredible that we have to go through these very uh, impacting sometimes considered yeah. traumatic experiences in order to be able to figure out like, wow, this is, this is what I, what my calling is, like, yeah. this is what I'm doing because otherwise, I mean, my plan was to be an accountant that that didn't work like that would have been you know thank you accountants but that would have been miserable for me yeah and, mine was wedding planning and then eventually corporate wet, event planning but I can't do that because I can't really work that many that long like because my my traumatic brain injury my brain kind of like fizzles after a couple hours I've worked with several people including my sister who was in that car accident that I was telling you about when I was 13 she had a TBI she actually had a bruise on her brain she was in a coma for a week and you know to see that changes your personality yeah I I don't think people understand yeah it does it makes you honorary irritable angry Mm short-tempered impatient and that's something that like uh, especially for people coming overseas um, our veterans, our, you know, our military that has had TBI, my ex had TBI. Um, my stepdad has, TBI. it's not uncommon and it's yeah. frustrating because our, in our, our health industry, I'm going to go on a t- I'm going to go on a real fast soapbox for you. Our freaking there's, and actually my stepfather has had a lot of relief with the CBD oil that I sent him for, for helping with this. And we just need to be making a better effort to understand how the brain is wired and how it, how to be able to do, um, cognizant, uh, cognizant, what was the word I'm looking for? Um, therapy, cognitive, cognitive therapy yeah. to be able to restore that damage and get you back to your happier, healthier self. 
Yeah. And like the fact that we're just like, well, just give it time. Well, guess what? In the meantime, when I'm, I'm an irritable asshole and yeah. my life is being destroyed because I can't get it on track. Like he, he had bouts of crying. Mm-hmm. Like he would just sit there and sob. And he's like, this isn't the way that I can live my life and wait for it maybe to heal itself in a few years. And there's, there's, there's studies out there, there's practices out there, but I think that this is such a common thing yeah. that is being overlooked rampantly. Yeah. So I'm here for you. I want, I'll, I'll be your voice. Thanks. <laughs> we can help each other or we can help our, the people out there. Dealing I know. With like I was so lucky that I had this huge support in my family. Like my parents, would go to battle for me. They always believed me. They were always on my side. Like I had doctors telling me it was in my head and that I'm like a normal, healthy. Oh yeah. I I'll want that. So bucks <laughs> any day, every day. Like I hate it. And it's like, because I look fine, I look healthy. And like, I didn't have like, so mine was just like a bad concussion, but that's mm-hmm. a mild traumatic brain injury. Still it's a closed head injury. Yes. So I walked away that night. I didn't even know I had a concussion for four months. Yeah. Even though I had all the symptoms, but doctors were telling me it's either depression or it's like I had a sinus infection. It was like all this stuff and it's not, it's, it was a concussion, but there wasn't anything they could do anyways. But now I have post-concussion syndrome and it's all this stuff. And so just because the tests don't show anything. Right. doesn't mean, so this is interesting because, so I had, I mean, I feel like I've I believe that I've battled with some sort of depression all of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's hard for me to admit because here I am like, I'm Christmas Abbott. I'm happy. Go lucky. I'm the get fit girl, you know, like let's change your life. And it's because I've struggled to change mine so much and so hard. And, you know, I had, I had a pretty deep depression when I was a teenager post that injury, which I also think that I had a TBI. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, the car rolled seven times and flipped twice. Like we, we weren't supposed to live. My sister had two broken vertebrae in her back. Her friend had broken vertebrae in her neck. And I walked out of the hospital that night. What? You're, you're telling me that I was okay? That's the same thing. So now, you know, like I had my, you know, after I had my son, I struggled and I didn't like, I'm telling you when he slept, I slept. And as a 36 year old, 37 year old woman, uh, a 36 year old woman, that was like, not okay. And I went to my doctor and I was like, I need you to do a blood test. I need you to do a blood panel. And they're like, why? And I said, because I'm not okay. And they were like, well, you know, like you, you know, like this is just the way that it is. And I was like, I'm telling you as, as like a professional of like an, a professional athlete and somebody that this has been my living for the last 15 years, I'm not okay. I need you to do my blood work. So we know where it is. And I forced them to do my blood panel. And then they found that my thyroid was off. My thyroid was non-working. And I said, how is it that I'm forcing you to make this, to do this? And they were like, well, sometimes it's, it gets activated by pregnancy. Well, further tests show that it wasn't. And so I got on thyroid medication. I was on it for three months and I went back. I said, I'm still not okay. I'm still incredibly tired. I'm having really off thoughts that are not me. And I said, I'm not okay. Like, I'm just, I don't feel sad or depressed. I'm just not myself. Yeah. And then my thyroid doctor, she said, well, it sounds like you have a mild case of depression. 
So I went to a psychiatrist and I'd already been working with a therapist. I went to a psychiatrist and we she was like, look, let's go ahead and start you on medication. And instantly, instantly I started feeling within two weeks. I was like, it was just like a breath of me. I felt like I was, and let me remind you, this is a year after I gave birth that I finally got to this woman and got on medication. Yep. That's when I was finally diagnosed with central pain syndrome. Devastating that I, somebody that is so in tune with my body actually had to sit there and say, no, I'm not okay. And it made me think about all those women and in postpartum depression is way more common than what we want to give it credit for, because we don't want to think that we have a depressed culture. Right. And it's the symptoms are not typical depression. Um, but it's, it's not like people, people think of depression, they think of just sadness. It's just lack of motivation. I had no, no desire to work. I had no desire to do anything other than just be with my child. And there wasn't a disconnect between me and loyal. So I was like, well, of course I don't have depression because the postpartum, because like, I love my kid. I'll do anything for him. Like he's the reason I get up in the morning and my lack of motivation for anything else was a clear indicator to me that I wasn't okay. And I did everything. I was working out. I was eating well. I was putting myself on a schedule. I did anything and everything that I should be doing in order to be able to take a holistic approach. It did not work. I needed medication. Yeah. The medic, I was on the medication for a year. I just came off of it. Um, recently, uh, almost a year and you know, it just, it, it put me in a whole different way, but it, it just frustrates me that it was so difficult yeah. to get a blood test done. Mm-hmm. So let's just check and see where we are. And like, why wasn't that being done when I was pregnant anyway? So, uh, you know, I, I'm a huge, I tell people, I'm like, look, if you feel like something's there, you're not wrong. Exactly. It, and that's it is there. Theory. Yep. And you need to find a doctor that is going to listen to you and believe you. And if your doctor is telling you like, oh, that's just the way that it is, fire them yeah. immediately. <laughs> I literally had, okay, so this is like my story. So I had this one doctor, this pain doctor. And he, the first time I met him, I'm like, oh, I'll have you better in four to six weeks. Like all better. I'm like, okay. I, I was like, opti- I was realistic, but maybe like, maybe he had something. He literally was putting me like having me walk or something. Then I was actually getting worse. Like that's at the time I, uh, I started not from that, but like I was at a time where I was literally getting, I would start to feel one side of my body, all like pins and needles. And I just couldn't tell if it was that or if I was in my head, like, I just didn't know it was scary. Like I had no idea. All I knew was I had a traumatic brain injury. That was it. And then as time went on, it kept getting worse. And I tried different therapies and I finally just like cried in his office and he's like, well, I don't know why you're crying. You should be jumping for joy. You're completely healthy. Um, you need to get rid of all your medications, all your doctors, except your psychologist for a couple weeks. And I'm like, and I kept saying, I, I'm like at a 10 sometimes. And he's like, there's no way you're at a 10. That's if they, you'd be like dying. Well, I see you for five minutes in like months at a time. Maybe that five minutes I'm at a five. There's days That's- like, I was on the gr- I would be on the ground like you just ask my parents like my poor parents have to watch this because like I'm living with them right now and mm-hmm. and it's like it's just as hard on them. That type of treatment, that type of mindset, uh, is not acceptable. No, it's not acceptable. I never went back. Um, 
And then I ended up finding new doctors and those were the doctors. Like literally I went to my new pain doctor who I've been going for a few years now. It was like a day, a year to the day of the accident. And I was finally diagnosed within minutes of something called central pain syndrome, which is uh, it's like a neurological disorder due to damage to your brain, brain, stem or spine. And it's constant yeah. pain. A lot of stroke patients can get it. Um, it, it mimics MS, but it's not, it doesn't get worse over time. Like it won't, like I won't deteriorate. Deter- I can never pronounce words, I'm sorry. But, <laughs> uh, but I won't get worse over time and there's no lesions, but everything else is the same as MS pain, everything. Like I, I would rather have my skin being ripped off than goosebumps. Mm. It's like the little, I can feel normal pain, but it's the regular the everyday touch and things like that is what kills me. Oh man. Like I don't wear leggings anymore because it's too tight on my body. I can barely wear jeans. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So it's hard, but I finally, but I listened to my body because I knew something wasn't right. Yeah. And we're, yeah. The, our, we're experts of our body, not the professionals. They don't know unless they've been there. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the doctor that I went to and, you know, it was so nice that, cause I was like, I went to a doctor and I was like, look, this is, this is what's happening. And I was like, I know that this doesn't make sense. I was like, but this is my experience. And she looked at me and she goes, Christmas. She said the same thing. She's like, you are the expert of your body. And she said, anything you say is true that you're saying about your body. So let me do my job to try and figure out how to help make it better for you, even though it may not make sense to me. And she was like, you are, you are right. And I was like, I'm right. I'm, I'm really, I'm really not okay right now. And that's okay. (laughs) I mean, it was a breakthrough and it made me, it made me love and respect her so much. And you know, it was just like, look, we can figure this out. Um, but you have to tell me like very authentically, like what is happening and like, don't hold back. We hold back so much. Mm-hmm. Like we sit there like, well, you know, it's kind of like a, it's like a five, but really it's an eight. I'm like, no, there are some days that like I had thoughts and I was like, who, what in the world? I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. Working moms is a show about new moms and there's a girl in there that has postpartum depression. Is that Netflix? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It it was too close to home. I couldn't watch it, but there was one episode that I watched and this woman was like, she literally is floating face down in a pool and there was just moment of reprieve, like just relief. And somebody came over and they thought that she was trying to kill herself. And she was like, that wasn't, that wasn't what I intended. It just like, I needed a moment. I just needed a moment to feel okay. And that's what it took. And that's what you feel in postpartum. Like, you're just like, I'm not myself. There's like weight, but pressure, but nothing, nothing is right. Everything's off. And you're like, I just needed a minute to be, or a second to find relief. And then you have these crazy thoughts of like, how do I get that relief? And those crazy thoughts like really concerned me. I was like, okay, this isn't me. These are not my thoughts. And so I need to talk to somebody about how to like be me again. <laughs> and it's, it makes, it's a game changer. And it was so nice to be believed and, and not have to fight for it. Cause as soon as I got to her, I was, she was like, you're right. It's like, okay, wow. <laughs> yeah. And it's like the best feeling. 
Yeah. I kept thinking I'm making this up. Like there has to be like, am I making this up? I kept questioning it. Yeah. To be believed in your yeah. own skin. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I can understand like sometimes doctors, like maybe they're nervous because they think people are pushing pills, but most people aren't trying to get pills. People are just trying to get heard. I know. And I sat down, same thing. I sat down with my psychiatrist before we went on any sort of medication. I said, look, this is, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. I said, whatever we need to do, I'll do it. But I know that this is a bridge to better. I don't want to be dependent on any sort of medication. I, except for like literally my hormonal imbalance of my yeah. thyroid. I have to have that. Um, but you know, like, so I'm telling you now, whatever you prescribe to me now, I will be on for as long as you believe that I should be, but we're working towards an end. I, I will guarantee you a year because I think that, especially for postpartum, yeah. it doesn't just because you're feeling better in a month for the medicine doesn't mean that you've been rewired correctly. Your hormones um, and your, and your mind is still in that depressive state. It's yeah. just, being, it's being, you know, negotiated <laughs> with right now. It's like, and so I was like, look, I want to do this right. I don't want to have to come back on medication. So let me do it. And then we taper off appropriately. And, you know, even then I ha- right now I have to be monitored to make sure that I don't slowly slip back into that depression because I don't have the medication to keep me out of it. Um, and so I don't know if I'm healed yet. We're in a, we're in a trial state right now. And I have to be very honest with myself and I have to yep. be very honest with my doctor. So don't hold back, like, let them know, let them know. Cause I had a, like, there was a moment, there'd be like an hour or two hours out of the day, once a week that I was like, not myself, but I was like, okay, I have energy. I can, I can fake the funk, you know? Yeah. In that moment of good definitely disguises all the bad. And it was, it was, it can be very tricky. So don't, don't get fooled by that. Like one good day out of 10 bad days or not even bad days, just like blah days. Yeah. It's the blah you have to watch out for. And I get them a lot and it's hard, but you like push through. And I learned one thing I've learned. I used to always try and distract myself. Um, like from those moments and I've learned lately to just let it be like, I can feel the moment. Like I can be sad. I can be blah. Mm -hmm. Don't like go right into it, but like kind of like know it's there and and it'll go away eventually. Like it'll pass. Like everything passes like clouds. And it's, it's an indicator, you know, and this is kind of circling back to what we were talking about before, not to rush the process when you learn to not rush the process and even what you're doing, like for work or whatever, you Mm -hmm. also learn not to rush the process with how you feel about things and, you know, being accepting of like, okay, I'm starting to feel something. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm not going to distract myself to not feel it because it's an indicator. It's your body telling you something very specific um, about what's going on with it. It's communicating to you. And so now it's like, okay, well, I'm feeling something, whether it's emotionally or physically, I'm like, okay, I'm going to let this see how this works for a little bit. And then it's my responsibility of my awareness to say, okay, that was a passing moment. And then if it reoccurs several times, now I have a pattern. Right. And now what is this pattern indicating? Am I doing something consciously to, to disrupt the, you know, to cause this issue or is it, you know, like, I can start evaluating my actions 
to identify like where this is coming from and how to correct it, not mm -hmm. always fix it. Like people are like, right. oh, well, you can get it fixed. I'm like, maybe it shouldn't be ending. <laughs> maybe it's a really good indicator that I need to look at something different. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh I loved you. the talk. Like it's, <laughs> these are like my favorite kind of conversations, like just <sighs> where it can go anywhere. Cause we yeah. all have a story. We've all gone through stuff. We have all going through something. Yeah. And you know, it's, and here's the thing too, is that I think a lot of people were like, well, you know, like I'm healed. I figured it out. I got it on. Life isn't going to stay on board. Okay. Life is going to come in and kick you in the butt again. <laughs> Something else is going to happen. And that was a big lesson for me. Cause I was like, well, no, I figured it out, you know? And then, and then I'm like, I, you have to evolve and there will always be a challenge. You know, yeah. there's always going to be a lesson. There's always going to be something for you to have to navigate. So the arrogance of me to think that I had figured it out and I was going to be able to navigate life so easily now. Well, guess what? Life was like, <laughs> we're going to show funny. you otherwise. <laughs> like, oh yeah, you think you got it? You got us on luck? No, you have tools and you continue to grow and to find more tools. And, you know, it just, it's, it's constant change, constant change, 2020. <laughs> or like, um, on big brother, expect the unexpected. It's Ooh. that works in way more ways. I know. And guess what? Somebody's leaving every week, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because you have a good social game this week doesn't mean that you're staying next week. It's life. <laughs> yep. Where can everybody find you? Uh, I'm pretty easy to find Christmas Abbott on Instagram, or um, if you want to check out my app, I have full length workout videos. I have cooking videos. I actually talk about nutrition. We do um, my uh, mindful minutes on it and that's on christmasfitness.com. And yeah, I just, I love what I do and I'm, I love sharing it and I love owning my mess ups or challenges through the process. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. And this was another episode of Staying Forever Strong or with Level X of Staying Forever Strong. I'll talk to you guys next time.